Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. mindset call. I do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And today is Wednesday, and we do it at uh, 7 a.m. And on this particular call, we talk about mindset, we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about books, we talk about affirmations. And um, we also take this call and load it on a podcast platform. So it's not a podcast, it's a um, mindset conference call that we put on the podcast platform because for e- for easy access to get back to it, you know, we uh, we know that to learn is repetition. So you got to hear it over and over and over and over. So it's easy access when we put it up there on 16 different platforms that anybody can go back, listen to it, take notes, apply the information because, I mean, you can have a helium head of stuff that you've read or listened to, and if you don't uh, apply it, uh, teach it, you can't learn it. And so in order for you to do that, you must hear it over and over and over. Uh, to do that. So that's why we loaded there on the podcast platform. We also have a replay number, and that replay number is 712-432-1085, and the same PIN code, which is 783357-POUND. So immediately after this call, you'll be able to go back and listen to the replay for a couple of days. Then it will be loaded on those podcast platforms. And, uh, you know, the thing is, we realized that we got to change our thoughts, and our thoughts are really our paradigm, the things that we heard for years and years and years, starting uh, from the womb up to now. But experts say that from the womb to age 7, 8, 9 uh, is the most programmable, if that's, a, if that's the term that I can use, <laughs> programmable years of our life. Uh, <laughs> is that a word, programmable? I don't know. I think it is. Not sure. <laughs> but that's the time in our life where most of the stuff that you hear sticks. Uh, and those are the things that we hear over and over and over also. And, uh, you know, you have to uh, go back, think about those things, listen to them, because you have to pull those thoughts up. You know, by doing the, these calls, hopefully it does that. By reading the books, hopefully it does that. By, you know, the things that we talk about and, and so that you can uh, – start thinking about some of the things that are that have been programmed in us and see if we can, you know, unlearn some things and relearn some things. So that's what we do here. So I want to pick up also, uh, well, I said so three times, then I just said also. Hmm. So, so, also. Okay. Maybe, maybe part of my new uh, song that I'm writing, you know, some lyrics on that. So, so. So, so, also, so, so, Mm-mm. that's not going to work, so. <laughs> I hit the so again, so, 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 I go, no, so, 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 all right, all right, all right. Here we go. I'm going to pick up from where uh, we left off with Mr. Lewis Fields, and I don't know if I'm going to go to the exact spot, because I wrote it down, and I've been scrambling looking for that paper all morning since I got up to see where I, the marker that I put it on, and I must have thrown it away, because I write, not only do I have a a, a planner that I write in, but I also write on a sheet of paper the things I'm going to do, the main things I'm going to do that day, so when I put that sheet right in front of me on my desk, and then I think when I was listening to it, at the bottom of that, I put the marker uh, of where we stopped. 
and I think I threw that sheet away once I finished for the day because <sighs> I can't find it. So if you heard something, you might hear it again. I'm not sure because I don't know exactly where we stopped at, but I'm going to pick back up uh, probably at the 60 mark. So it's probably about 38 minutes left on this or maybe 40, uh, I would say. Uh, hope I hope I'd rather pick back up on something we've heard than to just skip over part of it. So there we go again with soul. Man, what's up with that? Let's see then. Let's see if I can move it forward. Ohio has approved programs that have been proven through evidence and came out with. This is how system breaks down into eight categories, like employment, education, um, substance abuse, mental health, social peer association, family and marital association, attitude. So what they're saying is they've done a study. Uh, There was a study done by the University of Cincinnati, and they took a piece of what Canada does, the Canadian model, and came out with this is how criminal activity happens. If a man or woman are weak in these categories or defunct in these categories, usually they tend to be criminals. I'm going to give you just an example. If you drop out of school, the odds are you're not going to be able to produce enough income to live. So, therefore, you're going to become desperate, and that's how you fall into vices, which are illegal to try to produce money because you... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. So that becomes a criminal, that becomes a criminal barrier. That becomes a barrier to you being a conventional thinking, fully functioning human being. Let's say you were born into a family that are gangbangers. Your whole family is gangbanging and selling drugs and whatnot. So, therefore, your attitude towards crime will probably be that it is acceptable due to your social and your peer group. So your peers in your social settings will probably all be criminals. That is a criminal barrier. That is a barrier that will prevent you from being a conventional thinker. So when you get to prison, all the programs are called cognitive behavior therapy, thinking. Your thinking and your behavior go hand in hand. So CBT. So Ohio has approved programs that have been proven through evidence-based research to play an effect on improving two or more of these criminogenic needs, these barriers. They try to improve these barriers so that you will be able to fully function in society. It's the purpose of the exercise. So what I'm naming is some of these classes. Victims Awareness, which is dealing with all crime and the effects it has on society, families, yourself, uh, the outcomes of everybody's life, and you deal with what we call the ripple effect. Like what, what you did ripples through and causes these reactions that you cannot control. And you understand it's more than just a murder. That's why I say it's not just I killed a man. It's so much more than that. It encompasses everything. There are no big crimes and little crimes. All criminal behavior, all non-conventional thinking has a ripple effect that works death. And when you realize the bigger picture of it, you realize that your attitude towards crime, towards uh, non-conventional thinking, is the problem. So you have Thinking for a Change, which is an intensive thinking program. It takes you step by step to how you problem solve and decompose situations and threats that you develop a system 
for thinking. A system when in the heat of battle and living life, when adversity happens and your triggers happen, understanding your triggers and understanding how through mindfulness to think through them. So they're dealing with what you've done and how to think differently about it. These programs, the reason why men, and this is going to be deep. This is going to be something. I figured this out. This was deep. The very reason why a lot of guys in prison to take the programs, because I used to be this guy. We'd go in there. We'd sign in. We'd sit there. We'd sit there. We'd listen. We'd listen. One or two things sound good. we said, oh, man, that was slick, but, you know, there's some bullshit. It's boring. Why they skip? Then we leave, and nothing changes. Nothing changes in our life. We got one or two little nuggets that sounded good, and the, the seed is thrown down, but it don't take no root. So there's no change in the thinking, so there's no change in the behavior. The reason why we resist taking in what the classes are bringing us is because, remember I told you, education K-12 in college will not teach you identity. It will not teach you to be a purposeful individual who takes responsibility for their life. But this cognitive behavior therapy that we get from these classes is attacking that very thing, is attacking the slave mind, is attacking the victim mentality. It is telling you take responsibility for your thoughts and your thinking and your behavior. So, therefore, because we are the antithesis to that due to us being entrapped and encaged in this mental mind fuck that we in, we want to say, oh, it's born, because we refuse to open up our eyes and adjust to the light. So the very programming that the state has given us is a lesson that takes a lifetime to learn. So I will say there's an advantage in taking those programs and utilizing them because when you start utilizing what the programs say, you start applying it, and what I call it is I started zero. That's what I really took off with learning. I start a new book. I start a new program. I start a new class. If I'm talking to you in a conversation, I begin as if I know nothing because what it does is it makes me listen more. It makes me look up every word. This is how I had to take victim's awareness a second time, not because somebody told me to. It's because I clearly saw I had missed something. When I went to the parole board last time, I understood that something was missing in my understanding because as I was talking to them, I couldn't communicate something I wanted to communicate. I felt a disconnect. So I said, let me go back through the programming. I was just taking, thinking for a change and applying that to my life. So I said, let me take victim's awareness again. They said, these are the programs that's good for me. Let me humble myself to the authority and see what this is about. So I started at zero. This is how I found the teachings of Howard Zare. Howard Zare is like the father of restorative justice. And this is when I found the principles of restorative justice and what does justice demand. And the idea of not throwing the criminal away, but let's figure out why the crime happened as a community, as a group, let's come together in compassion, find out why this crime happened, and how can we heal society? How now, now, was, Howard, was Howard there a book in your prison, or you had to order them? Oh, no, I had to order them. I, I, I ordered them. I bought them. How did you I, find I out how it was there, though? I mean, where? Well, this is the beauty of Victor's Awareness. And Victor's Awareness, in the beginning, they had references where they got their teachings from. So that's this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Back about now, nine years ago, I was under the influence of Dave Ramsey. I used to listen to Dave Ramsey all the time on the radio, the brother that preached no debt. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that taught I didn't even know how to put a book list together. I didn't know what that was, a book, how to put a book list together, reading, and even how to use a book. And he had a, a show and he was talking about 
Malcolm Gladwell and somebody else. Some, he was giving some advice to somebody about, you know, they, they dead or whatnot and some things they should read. And what came out of that was he was talking about how when you read a book and if it's something that catches your eye, go and find the references as to where they got that idea from and that teaching. And then once you get that book, you write it down. And you go read that book where they got their idea from. And you develop a book list, and this is how learning happens. Oh, wow, I applied that, and it's been lights out since then. So, I, like I say, I call it starting at zero. So when I went to Victims Awareness this time, I took a blank sheet of paper. I wrote down every thought I had, everything that was sparked so I could remember it. That's another habit I got of writing everything down that sparked through my mind because you'll lose a thought, and it'll never come back. And it's important. Your thinking and your imagination and what comes forth is important. So this is where I got the reference. They said, Howard's there. This is where they got this restorative justice principle from. So I said, let me find out who he is. I started reading this book. I said, oh, my God, this is something I've never heard of before, restorative justice. This is my purpose. This is how I get out of the grief and shame and misery of the crime that I committed. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's how do I heal in me and the community? How do I heal in me and society? So I had to heal me and myself first. That's why I had to understand how change happens. I had to change before I could reach out and say, hey, this is how I did it. So that's how I got familiar with Howard there, Barbara Toes. Uh, I might be saying that wrong. T-O-E-W-S. Uh, she wrote the, the Web of Connections for those in prison dealing with restorative justice. And you start understanding how you must reconnect with society. I've misunderstood what it takes to rebuild a life. Had to understand I had a poor locus of control. That was something I learned in Victims Awareness. Locus of control is simple this. Am I controlling my day or are all the circumstances of life going to control my day? You know, who did? Most people, most people, all the circumstances of life control our day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the boss. It's the rain. My kid was sick. Uh, I was late because of them. I was doing this because of them, and then they made me mad, and I dropped my coffee cup. It's always somebody else. It's an alibi. It's always an alibi for a lack of production. So when you take control of your life, your life being your first business, and you take control for your thoughts and your actions, you understand you control the environment. Now, you know we both love Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale gave me this, and I love it. I use it all the time because it is the, to me, it is the, the foundation principle that every man must understand. And he talks about the difference between us and the animals. And he talks about the animals having camouflage and the animals being set in certain environments and only being able to do certain functions. The difference between a human being and the animals are we create environments. We go into hot and make cold. We go to cold and make heat. We make things that are high, low. We make things that are low, and we build them up. So the whole principle Behind that is, are you going to be controlled by environment or are you going to create environment? And the mentality and the attitude towards the creation of environment is a game changer because now conversations change. I could walk into a room right now, but it takes time to build that credibility in life, that influence. Walk into a room, if the conversation is not that that is becoming of me, it's going to be hushed, it's going to be silenced, it's going to be switched, or people will leave not because of toughness, but because of influence and the respect of the movement that I create environments. I will change the whole climate of what is going on, the difference between the thermostat and the thermometer. One of the first lessons I learned when I started taking programs, 
in trouble, I took a program called Man in the Mirror. I can't remember the brother's name who designed that. And the one thing I took away from that, and this is why I know learning is a lifetime thing. I still remember this. This was almost 20 years ago, probably about 17, 15 years ago. Thermometer and thermostat. You know, one takes the temperature of the climate. or Whatever you put it into, it reads that. The other one controls the room. And that was something playing in my mind, and I knew that I was weak. I was a follower. I had no identity. I took on the identity of whatever I would. That's why when I came to prison, shoot, I tried to build in as hard as I could. So let me get back on the point. So these approved classes are for a purpose. And this, when I learned the purpose of the program, the, the, they had bulletin boards, and they put up on the bulletin board, we're teaching the class, we're doing a program, we're doing this. That is your... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. The state is saying we are not giving up on you. The state is saying that we are trying in every way we can to communicate to you how you can improve yourself. We are not going to take your hand. We cannot wipe your nose for you. But what we can do is we can disseminate information and pray that the seed that has been planted will catch root and grow. But wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now, because now, now the state is contradicting themselves also, too, because you're saying that not, okay, they have those classes for you to come to, but then you say they give you TV, radio, and everything else that you can watch 24 hours that will maybe not let you go to those classes, maybe, you know, convince you that you shouldn't do that. Well, but like this. It, I was, it, it was a time when I was very... You have one minute remaining. <laughs> Let me just call back and start this off. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thank you for using GTL. Okay. All right. So we were, we were just talking about, I said that... Yeah, I said, I said, well, well, I said that go you got too many, you got options now. You got TV, you got radio, you got basketball, you got all kind of stuff you can do, and you have those classes. So why would a well, why would a prisoner choose that when first of all they don't know what that can do for you? They really ain't, they're not thinking like you thinking, and so they like you know bump that. I ain't going in there. So what you know. Well, this is the thing. I'm, I'm glad. Ooh, that's good. Oh my God! I don't want to be long winded. I want to get. I want to finally answer a question. But you'd have brought up something else. Now, this is the beauty. This is the beauty and freedom and decision. Like this is just a microcosm of life. Prison is just a microcosm of life. It's the same things happening here. We're not all crazy. Anybody running around here stabbing each other on every level and all that. We are normal people who had abnormal circumstances in our life and took some abnormal uh, decisions. And here we sit, due to a lack of convention, a lack of impulse control, and things of that nature. The the criminogenic needs, the barriers. You have to have vocational time. You have to have recreational time. So it has to be business, and you have to be able to unbend the mind and have some type of um, pleasure or leisure activity. So, rec- this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I'm going to tell you why we need recreation. I'm going to tell you why we need basketball courts and football fields and baseball fields. When I, and I'm jumping ahead, but when I made the decision to become a new person, a new human being, when I was sick of the old life 
and I was on the path to becoming somebody different. All I knew was I was tired of jail stuff. I wanted to disconnect from jail. So sports became my opportunity in my mind because at that time in my development, about 13, 15 years ago, I said, well, sports is on the street. That's the thing I'm familiar with because I was limited in my understanding and knowledge. It's something that I somewhat understand. So I fully put my time and effort into sports. I was the guy that would listen to the radio all the time, and I'm breaking stories. You know, so-and-so getting traded. They say so-and-so going to get fired because I just didn't want to talk about jail stuff so no, no more. So sports became my thing. It's how I stumbled across Dave Ramsey. I was looking for a sports station, clicked on him. He was talking something about money that caught my ear, and that's how that happened. But everything for a reason. Let me uh, Hold on. I don't want to get off track. <laughs> I played basketball. I, I think I told you a little bit about this. Uh, down in Trumbull, they had a B-League side and they had the A-League side. The good players played on one side, the bad players played on the other side. It was something in me that drove me. I didn't want to play with the bums. I didn't want to play with the lesser players. But my skill level was not yet to the point where I could play with the A-League players and be accepted because I didn't know what I was doing. It was one of the first accomplishments and goals I had. I didn't know I was setting a goal, but my whole purpose was to get better. I quit my job in the kitchen. I started working at rec. So now I got all the rec periods. I'm shooting extra jumpers. I started working on my legs. Guys that was good started noticing. They started giving me pointers. I started getting mentored. So through sports, oh, my God, through sports, through the recreation, something that would happen that would apply to my real life, I got to practice. I didn't know it would be for real life later on. It was a goal accomplishment. It was me working towards it. It was people mentoring me, and I finally got to play A-League, and I was so happy. But then after I got to play A-League, what happened? People said, man, you know the game, because I learned everything about the game, because I'm 5'10". Okay, I can't dunk. I ain't the fastest, so I had to learn everything about the game. I had to learn the tricks of the trade. I had to be smarter than the other players to get to A-League. This development and process would play itself out in my real life and lead to builders and books of bruises and the success that I'm having now as a human being. But this platform had to be there. The table had to be there so that I, so a choice could be made because development is a process through life. There will be experiences we will have over the course of our life that seem meaningless but will mean so much because we are in training for that which we were born to be. So because I knew the game, there was an A-League team. They had never won a game. They was a horrible team. The co- all the coaches quit. They said, man, coaches, man, because you know what you're talking about, man. You're going to put us in our right spots. You know the game. As a coach, they won two games under me. We went two and six, the last eight games of the year. That accomplishment was huge. It got me a lot of kudos in the basketball community because I took a team nobody could coach, nobody could win when we won two games. I encouraged men, but that was the beginning of me being a leader. That was the beginning of me learning how I, because I learned how I learned. I had learned the game from the bottom up. I understood how to encourage these men. That was the beginning of leadership responsibility. So as time would go on, I would get into fantasy football. I have ran a fantasy football league for 1,200 men, a population of 1,200 men. I had 500, and I think it was, we started with 562 men played a team. I ain't got no computer. I did this off of all paper and organizing a group of about six of us to make this season happen. 
now that was just some sports stuff or that's just some dumb jail stuff. No, that was the beginning of a platform of me developing leadership and organizational skills that will work for my life, which is my first business. It was the practice. So this is why we need these platforms here. This is what recreation can turn into. Now, wait, 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 wait a minute. You say can turn into now. You know it's probably thousands of them that never turn that way to get to those classes like you. Um, but Now, this is the thing, though, Mr. Fleming. This is the thing. Success is rare, and that's the first thing we got to remember. It's not for everybody. Man. And, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Say it again. Success it's, is rare. It's rare. It now, that's for everybody. That, now, and look. Is, go ahead, ma'am. You're getting me the, idea, the false idea of one of the most false Oh my! It, it drives me crazy. Is that everybody has an equality in everybody? Equality is not real. There's no such thing as that. There's no way that we can all be equal if we are going to be uniquely created for a purpose. I cannot be equal to you, Mr. Fleming. I should not search to be equal for you. That is a competitive mindset, and that's what I had to get out of. Now, when I was doing the basketball thing, everything was competitive. I had to win. That's why I had to win. I had to win. I had to win. That took me through a season of my life. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Competitive mindset that I am in some type of competition with everybody else around me is the mindset of the fight or flight. That comes out of trauma. That comes out of this fight for survival, the crab in a barrel mentality. This is the last biscuit. So I can't share my biscuit because then I won't have no biscuits and ain't nobody going to help me. I'm out here by myself. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. The mindset of inclusivity, the mindset of community and cooperation, and the mindset of abundance is if you say, we're going to make a deal, always leave a more on the table. Uh, the brother, Home Depot brother, I can't remember his name. I read his book. Talk uh, to that principle. No, not other blank. I know you're talking about the other one, the lesser known brother. That was yeah. with Ross Perot. Right, uh, right. Beautiful book. Always right. leave more on the table. So through Waddles, use value. Use value. When he break down about the Eskimo, if I sell an Eskimo a painting, and he hunt for, for, for skins, I've done him a disservice because he can't use it. So in life, to bring value, my mission statement, to increase the human life through purposeful and meaningful self-development. Everyone I touch, everyone I talk to, I want to bring use value in some way. Everything will not be about money. It will not be about competing. I'm not trying to beat nobody. I am trying to bring value to everything I touch. It is the only thing I can do is how I function. It has become a habit. Like the brother, the common denominator of success, I have the habit of trying to find a way to bring use value to my encounter with every human being. This is what life is about. It's not about competition. I ain't in competition with nobody. It's a mirror match. I'm in competition with my last thing. The last time I did class, can I outdo myself this time? Can I relate to the brother's best? Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. This is helping, this will help whoever's listening to this because, you know, in my business, that's the biggest challenge I have or we have is competition. We see other people advancing. We see other people having success, and we automatically think we should be there. Now, like you said, success is rare, and I hate telling people that because then they'll, they'll quit because they think. But there now, that type of success, like, for example, I always say that certain musicians are, you know, they, they – really have the skill level to sing, you know. Uh, some people in sales and business have a skill level to do that, you know. Other people can get better if they work harder, but that doesn't mean they're going to have that kind of, that rare success like what you're talking about. So 
And that's how I lose people and people quit because of that. So what you're saying is you understand that and that there's a success within each person, but it can't be compared. Brother Fleming, and this is how you'll have people, because I see it all the time in the prison. you got brothers on the outside like you. You want to get books in here. I know you're a motivational speaker. I know you want to help. You've got a heart for it. So now let's say, okay, you start a program, a reading program in here or whatnot, you know, a mentorship reading program with the brothers, and you all gun-ho about I'm going to come in there, you know, I'm going to touch some brothers' lives, we're going to have this, we're going to do this. Then you get here and you see the reality of the lostness. The Before we can start reading Malcolm Gladwell and Covey and Earl Nightingale and Zig Ziglar, the brothers can't read. You found out. You know, six people that showed up to the thing. It's 1,200 people in the population. Why is only six people in the class? This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Yeah, the utopian society, the idea of this equality for all is a farce. And, and when you have a faulty premise, when, you're, when your foundation, the hypothesis of the problem ain't true, it burns you out. I've seen so many brothers and sisters come in here with good programs, with good ideas, and they get burnt out and overwhelmed because they think they can save the world. Mr. Fleming, I ain't never helped nobody. My class is just the first thing I tell them in the first class, and they always laugh, and I tell them every class, and I reiterate it. This program is about me. Builders is an extension of my life. Builders, I'm preaching to myself because I have not yet reached perfection, and I don't ever think I will reach perfection because I ain't Jesus. So... I am a lifetime learner. I am keeping myself on the path by continuously speaking and affirming those things which I know to be true and those things which I, which I learned that were slightly off and I improve upon a thought or improve upon a theory that I believe, then I share that with the community through builders. I've set up a system to disseminate truth. And I said, you brothers just happen to be here, but I'm talking to myself. I have taught my class with one man in class. I have taught my class with two men in class. I have not yet had a class where nobody showed up. And if nobody showed up, I would take my allotted time that the state has given me for my platform, and I will encourage myself as David did. For this is the purpose of the exercise. You can't help anybody. I cannot make you be on the path. This is what people find out when they have family members with drug addiction and whatnot. When I was lost and crazy back in the, early, in the late 90s, my family couldn't do nothing for me. I had to make that choice from the inside to change. Now, once somebody is on that path, then, therefore, you join. You join with others that are like-minded, and you learn from them, and things are for a season. As Earl Nightingale always said, you should outgrow relationships. In the growth and change, there should be certain relationships that you outgrow, and that mm. there should be a, a change. Mm. You have so, to. That's the thing. You, you, matter of fact, when you're around them, you can't even have conversation with certain people because you've outgrown them, and you, you have to let them go. Right, because you become offensive. Because mm-hmm. saying something like what I'm saying, right, it's going to be people that's going to hate me. And I understand that, and I can live with that. But I have to be loyal to the truth. I'm not going to lie against the truth, which I know is for the universal beneficial good of humanity. So when I tell a brother to start the class and I tell him that, guess what? I start classes with usually you're always going to get about a 40% drop-off, you know. So 40% of the class that start on the first week going to drop off. You're going to have a couple French guys that's going to come when it's convenient for them. Wait, wait, wait. It's wait, not man. about. Look, look, man, look. You so, you so detailed and you so well-read that we could talk for days, but I don't want to get back. Let me get back on track here. Let me, let me ask you this again now. 
Your, okay, dang, I haven't forgot what I was about to ask you. Well, this is so what we were talking about. You said, I ain't forgot about the one question you asked earlier. It was about purpose in jail. And you have no, 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 one yeah. minute remaining. That's this true. call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I want to go okay, to so, the people out and say some other stuff. And then you ask me about the program. You say, do I have to kick brothers out? So I'm, I'll go ahead and answer that real quick now. Remember you was asking me about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Wait till you call okay. back. I want you to go. Okay. Yep. But, but, right. but there was something else I wanted to ask you right quick. I got to write this down. Um, okay. Okay. But you never did answer the success thing. Okay, like everybody, success within themselves is, you know, is, is great. Not the, what you said, r- rare. Success is rare. But it's we got we to gotta answer that people can have success, but not that maybe that kind of success. And the other thing was, you, you, those were state-approved programs you talked about. Yours is not. This is something that you created yourself. So we want to talk about right. that when we call back. Okay. All right. We'll tighten that up. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you for using GTL, an inmate at the Grafton Correctional Institution. To accept this call, press 0 to refuse... and recording. Thank you for using GTL. All right, Mr. Lemon. This is going to be the last call, too, because it's almost count. Okay. All right. So I appreciate this opportunity, too. Thank you so very much. All right. Um, so let me tighten up. Okay. I was talking about the state-approved programs. The purpose of the state-approved programs is that we would take the program. The seed would be planted. Some growth would happen. Growth is a change in lifestyle and attitude towards crime, non-conventional thinking, family, your fellow man, uh, attitude change towards yourself. The self-hatred and the lack of identity that we have is the very reason why we clash with these programs in here and we don't want to take hold of it because what it's telling us to do is stand up straight, be a man and be accountable, and invest in yourself. Inside of ourselves is a scary place. This is why success is so scary. This is why Taking a leap to bet on yourself is a dangerous thing. Like I say, I'm a salesman. I sell men on the ideas of themselves. That's the whole purpose of builders. That's the hook. Now, when I found this out and I learned this and I realized that the bulletin board that they post all these programs on is our outliers to success, as Malcolm Gladwell talks about in the prison setting. Whatever prison you have, it's a brother right now, it's just in prison. That bulletin board is your outlier. It is the state saying, we have not given up on you. This might be your eighth number. You might have been docked up for 30 years and you still can't read. The reason why we're offering these programs is that we have not given up on you, that we still believe that change is possible. If they did not believe that change is possible, they would not offer the programs. So we can't make you change, though. No one can make anybody do anything. You have to do it for yourself. So when you take the responsibility to say, I am sick of this, I cannot continue to live like this. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. When a change, a cycle begins, cycles, patterns, and systems. There's a cycle of change. So you've got the pre-contemplation. You're thinking about it. You're looking at it. You're teetering and tottering. You try something, and usually you're going to fail. You're going to relapse. You're going to go back into people that's got drug and alcohol addiction understand this, any type of addiction, gambling. You try, now was two months clean, damn, and then I went back. You never fail if you don't quit. 
So when you relapse, what you do is you go to the carnage. When I relapsed and I fell off the hamster wheel, when I was clean for two months, I was changing and I felt the progress for two months, what happened? Let me detail the carnage. Let me see. Oh, I was doing this. Oh, I stopped going to meetings. I started messing with Nancy Sheila again. I was talking too much to this guy. I stopped reading. I was reading two hours a day. When I stopped reading two hours a day, oh, this way, oh, I stopped going to church. So then when you go and detail the carnage, then you, what you're doing is you're setting up a system for success. Only systems can succeed. This is the reason why people die and come and go. The nation that we live in is so great because it's a nation of laws, not people. It don't matter who the president is for real. We got a system. This system is going to work. And only systems prevail and principles, like all Medino talk about. Only principles set you up not to have failure. A principle will not give you success, but what principles in a system will do, it will give you a design to get back on track so you can go look at the carnage, and the carnage representing the, the things that didn't come off right so you can get it back on track. Every person needs a system for everything, a system for everything in your life. Mm. So builders, because I looked at it, I said, damn. I said, I've been missing a lot of shit. I said, the state is planting. And the Bible said one plants, one waters, one gives, God gives increase. So I said, if they plant, I'm going to build. That is why my program is called Builders. I am taking the very instruction, basic foundation instruction that the state has given me that has grown in me to success, and I take it and I'm breaking it down for my brothers. I break it down to the very simple concepts and processes because it's easy to say, hey, man, start reading more, uh, start you a business, and get you some goals. That is very generic. How does that work? Common sense is not common. There's no such thing as common sense. It's yet another cliche that is not true. And it's not always, it's not so much the things that we believe. It's the things that we believe that are not true. If all you got is two pieces of truth and you dogmatic on them, you'll be all right. The issue is when you got ten falsehoods, and you dogmatic on ten falsehoods. Yeah. So common sense is not common. Everything that you know you have learned, this is why literacy is so important. And the average person takes for granted understanding basic concepts of life. How do I open up a checking account? Oh, man, everybody know that. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. It's the, and this is why people get burnt out when they have programs, because they're trying to start way up the hill. Start at the foundation. Teach the men to fish. And why I'm teaching you to fish is in your own pond. I'm teaching you about yourself, like I tell them in class, and they bust out laughing. I said, the only reason y'all showed up today is because I done sold you on the idea that you can be better. I'm not here to make myself better. I'm here to, to sell you on the idea that you can be better. As I talk, as I've been talking this morning, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm a forever learner. Learning is every opening yourself up to learning, having a mindset and an attitude towards learning that is a lifetime. So Builders is an outgrowth of what I have been given and implanted in me by the ODRC, and I'm following them up with endorsing, hey, y'all, go to these classes and actually learn. And Brothers is going in like, oh, man, I'm seeing what you're saying. Is everybody going to always show up? No, like I said, Mr. Fleming, I just sat in that room. I put my room together. I get my table set up. I put my signs up. got my sign-up sheet. One brother show up. I'm not going to cancel class because for me to cancel class is to say that brother ain't important. The purpose is to increase human life. God bless him. He came for a time such as this, and I'm holding class, and I'm going to give him my best. If it's one person, if it's 100 people, I'd have had a class where it was packed and wasn't enough chairs and whatnot, and I'd have had a class with one man, and I'm going to perform at the same way. I'm going to give my best. 
because the match is against me improving every day and growing. If you are not improving, you are dying. Okay, so you're saying this, this class is not mandatory. So, so let's say if 50 starts, 50 are not supposed to finish. You might have two in there, might have 50. You might have 100. Sometimes you have none. So some of the well, people that come might not show up again. Yeah. So let me let me give you what this is all about, and this is the beauty. Because I could, I, I could, we could sit here and we critique everything. I could talk about the justice system and the prisons and the money they're making and the overcrowding and all that. And all that is what it is, for whatever the This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. It's about purpose, real purpose. Real purpose is you only focus on what your purpose is. My purpose is not to critique. My purpose is to increase human life. So I'm going to talk about the things that are right. The things that are right is this. I don't know about other states. So how Department of Rehabilitation Correction allows me to go into my unit management staff's office and say, listen, I have a program that I want to offer to my peers. May I teach it? And they say, let me see it. And if that program answers any of the criminogenic barriers, which will help my peers to be able to overcome their attitudes that led them to this life of crime and to be in this situation, they're going to give me the green light. And they are going to give me a room. They're going to give me a washable marker. They're going to give me paper. They're going to give me folders. They're going to give me some pencils. And they are going to give me a safe place and an environment and a time to present on my platform. They allow me a platform to develop into what I am. They are giving me a platform to practice leadership. They are giving me a platform to practice public speaking. They are giving me a platform to work on myself as I work on others. They are giving me a platform to become the man what the programs are supposed to be. So I look at it as if it is not the system which is defunct. It is the mind. It is always about your mindset. Mr. Feminine, right now, bricks exist everywhere. There are bricks scattered all over the world. Now, one man takes the brick and throws it through a window, goes in and steals something. Another man took a brick, he hit a man in the head. Another man took a brick and he decided, I'm going to build a little oven and I'm going to cook something for myself to eat. Another man took a brick and built a shelter. The next man took a brick, built a shelter, but he didn't bring us build a shelter for himself. He built a shelter for those that didn't have a shelter. Another man said, well, I can take the brick. I saw this man build a stove. I can build two stoves and I can feed others. It is about who grabs the brick. Prison, it is not the job of anybody to make you a good person. It is the job of the person. So this is why success is going to be limited. This is the reason why it, you should have no shame and no feeling. If you sit down with 20 people and you say, hey, man, most of y'all ain't going to get this. Most of y'all ain't got the stomach for it or the attitude. I hope y'all last enough to get a nugget here or there, and I might be here for one person. Mm. I might be here for one person that will take this and apply this and go forward, and the mm. rest of y'all are going to get some nuggets. I say that every morning. I said it on my conference right. every morning. Go ahead. That's what Jesus was telling us. He said, would you go after the one? He, Jesus didn't go around begging nobody. He said, I am what I am. I'm doing what I'm doing. This is my purpose. I'm doing my father's business. And whoever's supposed to be with it going to be with it. Whoever ain't with it, then go ahead and do what you got to do, man. I will catch up with you later. Now, maybe my life got to the point, because like I'm telling you, I have been on the verge of attempted suicide. I've been going the wrong way. Like when you see wrong way drivers, I've been wrong way on a five-lane street. I have been in a situation where I should be dead. So I understand when you get to the bottom of life as to where there's nothing left, where you don't believe in nothing, you ain't got no hope. 
And because I've experienced that and I know from which I came from and I know where my mind was at, I know I was stupid. I know I couldn't think. I know it was a time when I thought the doggone weather company produced Kleenex because they had a meteorology uh, AMS, the American Meteorology Society or whatever, on the back of the Kleenex box. And my mind was so simple, I thought the weather people made Kleenex. Okay, I would, you know, I can share that now, but you got to laugh to keep from crying. I remember when I didn't think you could take a wet rag, wring it out, and dry out something that was wet because the rag was still wet. How feeble-minded I was. And to know where I came from is why I can't throw nobody away. So This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. My motto is this. I tell all of them, once you sign up, you're always a builder, whether you stay in class or you don't stay in class. You ain't, if you come to one and you come back in four weeks, you're always welcome. If there's a class you even sign up for, do you see me in here facilitating, come on in. I'm not going to cast nobody away because I know how many things I heard and learned 20, 30 years ago, two weeks ago. I didn't understand them, but I get them today. So I'm not going to throw nobody away because everybody on their process, everybody on their path, ain't nobody ahead of nobody or before. You can only work your own path. And that righteous path is 12 inches. And I love this. The 12-inch work from the heart to the mind. The path is only 12 inches. Every morning, you've got to decide the 12-inch plan. The heart and the mind must be aligned. And the heart and the mind must work together. And it's only 12 inches. It ain't real big. And this is what I break down. I make the thing small, make them intricate. And there's only one way to eat an elephant. Problem solving is everything. Decomposing problem solving is everything. I wasn't a problem solver. I wasn't a critical thinker. You don't learn that in school. Ain't no parent teaching their kid problem solving and critical thinking. The reason why I'm doing this is that I hope that they would now, that they will realize it's more important to teach your kid problem-solving, critical thinking, and proper literacy techniques than anything else. Hmm. If they don't know nothing about American history, uh, uh, English 101, and uh, whatnot and all that other stuff, just problem-solving, critical thinking, and proper literacy, because once I can read and comprehend, I can learn anything. I can learn how to build a rocket. I can do anything. So... The 12-inch plan from the heart to the mind is where things are lost. There's so many dreams and so many ideas that people have, they have not the confidence in their mind that, oh, I can't do that. That's for them. I used to think it was good people and bad people. I was just born a bad person. That's what I used to think. I used to think that. I really thought that was good people, bad people. I was just born a bad person. People are not good or bad intrinsically. They are good thoughts. They are bad thoughts. They are is reaping and sowing. So what you feed yourself so what I choose to do with my TV, because off that same TV is I've got a network of about 12 people that I saw on TV that I reached out to. I want to share this real quick. That's, uh, I can't remember who said it. It might be Napoleon Hill or Earl Nightingale. He talks about a guy that was prospecting. He went to this guy that he considered successful, and the dude gave him like three names. He said, here, go talk to these three people, man, and you can sell to them because he was having trouble selling. So he said, okay. He went out, and he got all the sales. So when he came back, he said, hey, I need some more people because I, I, I ran out of people. I don't have no more prospects. It's the three people you gave me. Dude gave him a phone book. He said, what's this? He said, that's where I got the names from. But see, he had went and used the other dude's name. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Had confidence in somebody else. Wait, 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 wait. Because stop. You, 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 the voice cut it off. So you said he went and used okay. the other You person. have one minute remaining. So when he went back, the dude gave him the phone book. And he said, what's this? He said, where the prospects? He said, I just took the names out the phone book. I didn't know them people. But his mind, his reality was, oh, this great guy that gave me these personal people, and I'm going to go use his name. So them people that he talked to didn't even know this dude that sent him. 
But he thought it was the dude's identity. But it was him. It was inside of him. It's inside of you already. But you got to have the confidence. That's, that's like the placebo. Right. He <laughs> thought it was dude. Dude, look, I didn't know the people. I gave to you out the phone book. Here. But, he, but he believed. Right. It was belief and faith when Napoleon Hill talked about it. That's why perception and imagination is so crazy. I, hey, man, so look, much. We got 30 seconds left. Let me ask you this right quick. When you call back, let's do it next, next Sunday at the same time. Um, okay. The 12-inch plan, was that rule, was that something you created or was that in the book? Because I'm going to use that. That's from the heart to the mind. No, Zig Ziglar preached that. You ain't never Zig, heard Zig Ziglar talk about that. And I listen to Zig so much, I don't even remember that. The 12-inch plan. And that's be- Thank you for using GTL. This got cut off. <laughs> oh, man. Huh. <laughs> All right. Today was a good day. Later.